everyone, and welcome to the Transform Your Confidence Show. This is a show about holistic leadership and advocacy, and I'm your host, Raj Gurn. Here's a bit about me. I'm a longtime serial entrepreneur who specializes in mindset, branding, media, communications, and marketing, and I firmly believe that great leadership and advocacy is predicated on the mission that everyone must benefit across the entire food chain. I'm an award-winning C-suite entrepreneur who has worked in the media and event space for the past 20 years with many Fortune 500, celebrity, and thought leader clients from around the world. At this point in my life, I seek to share my many insights and resources with anyone who wants to learn about holistic leadership and advocacy in a newly launched online community at the openchessconfidenceacademy.com where I've mandated my entire organization to provide products and services that center around knowledge, action and accountability. My goal with this show is to pull back the curtain, I mean way back, to bring you insider knowledge and resources on how today's change makers are leading with intention and creating meaningful environments that serve everyone. I also want to help you reimagine what your life could be if you had a constant view from the top of the mountain. I believe that in order to get there and stay there, you need to learn from those who have a constant and unobstructed view of Nirvana. These are not just the usual suspects, but the ones that sit in the middle of the volcano as the lava explodes through the top of the mountain. They are the crazy ones who change the world, and they are the ones that I want you to meet. Are you ready? Let's go. You had this desire to build something from the ground level up. You said this right off the top, um, answering my first question, and I want to kind of you know, take us back there a little bit. You've been successful at doing this, exiting three e-commerce businesses. Can you share some milestones on how you did this, specifically where branding played its part to create the success that ultimately allowed you to exit? Because we know that a lot of other pieces would have been needed to have been um, at play here, but as it specifically relates to what you felt the branding piece brought to the table to create that success. Can you share that with us? Sure. And do you want a personal example of mine? Would that work? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's the best okay. example. Yeah. Okay, sure, certainly. Um, I, I definitely uh, practice what I preach, uh, and it just resonates strongly with me, probably. Uh, and that's why I follow my own methodology. And uh, in my situation, um, it, was, uh, it was actually the germination of the idea itself. Uh, and the irony behind uh, my third product, uh, which uh, went on to be a bona fide uh, success, was it actually germinated from my corporate years of traveling. Um, I was certainly a road warrior, uh, spending close to 100 nights on the road, uh, which was quite common in those times. Uh, now we can only dream of traveling. <laughs> and, um, and I was constantly using hotel products uh, that obviously made the skin really dry and flaky and itchiness was rapid. Um, there are a lot of products out there, but uh, based on a personal condition that I have, which is a bit laggle, um, which is the general lightening of the skin, I, yeah. I went knee deep into uh, working with formulators and creating products that were natural and using um, uh, rejuvenating uh, and uh, largely organic ingredients. And the product was closely aligned with something that affected me personally. And it was that scratching off my itch. 
um, that uh, does become some of the best ideas that you can actually embark upon uh, because you are um, customer number one and you know that uh, this customer number one can certainly be amplified to customer number 100,000 million. Um, because there's a large base of um, pretty much uh, other customers like yourself that are probably in the same boat as you are. Uh, once, so that was the germinational piece of it, which is again a core of a branding, which was tied back to my purpose. Uh, and uh, once those values, uh, the day-to-day principles that guide the decisions, uh, I then moved on to the other aspects of branding. Uh, and that was creative piece of it. I'm jumping here so that I can cover a lot of the highlights here. Uh, yes. and, and, and then it was, um, making sure that once the core was done, the customers done, the community was done. That's when I started looking at creatives, uh, the naming, the logo, the color, and everything was rooted in actually the meaning itself of what the brand stood for. Um, the logo itself reflected simplicity, uh, the colors, uh, that was a, a function of uh, does it emotionally resonate uh, with the market that I'm going for? Um, since it was a green beauty product, we chose white and black as the predominant colors. And lastly, was once we jumped from the creatives, uh, obviously I had a story to tell, my own story tell, to tell with the content piece of it. Uh, the last aspect was channel. And, 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 and we only knew from our knowing our customer base, which was largely men, um, that uh, they are not comfortable with posting or sharing content um, uh, the way women are on, on the socials of Instagrams and, and, and Pinterest. So uh, email marketing was our huge focus for that. So you can see here that um, because this was a germination of my idea and it was something that I was totally passionate about, uh, I had the brand purpose that was instilled in me uh, that the values um, were arose out of that purpose. And then from there, uh, we moved on to the customer piece of it, uh, looked after a, a larger community of like-minded people that this product would resonate with. Uh, our uniqueness, obviously, was the fact that it was for people that were um, uh, suffering from other conditions, uh, skin conditions, so we could speak to that audience much more clearly and build our uniqueness that way. And, of course, our creators reflected in that mode. And the, the storytelling, obviously, was I was the face of the brand, and the, and that extended to what are the channels we're going to focus on, and email marketing became became one of it. So you can see it is entirely that uh, it, it it fits any uh, space that a customer is looking to develop a brand. And uh, you might want to skip on something, but uh, you might just tumble if that's the case. So uh, it's a logical process to branding, and it does uh, touch every facet of the brand building process. Can I ask what this um, brand was called? I'm so curious now that you've given me, you've, you've, you've successfully, you know, you've, you've brought me into the story. I'm excited right. to know now what the yeah. brand was called. So unfortunately, I'm, it was an aqua hire situation. So I was acquired. Oh, uh, so, okay. uh, and that's the reason why uh, I, I'm no longer the face of the company, but I still consult with the brand. And uh, I've got, a, unfortunately, an NDA in place that I can't disclose. Okay, uh, no, I understand. So, so apologies. I, I completely understand. What a great story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got acquired before you actually even, you know, got out there and, be, and, and, and became known for it, which is incredible. Right. Folks, right. Uh, you know, if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with the fabulous Neil Verma. He is an e-commerce 
branding guru. Um, he's built out three of his own online e-commerce um, brands, and he's talking a little bit about some of the things that, you know, you need to know when you're coming into this space, especially if you've been brick and mortar, and now you're looking at the opportunity online. Um, and it's such a huge opportunity and making sure that you can navigate it right with the branding piece is really what we're talking about today. Neil, I wanted to ask you this. Can you give us an example of an online store that is a great example of how branding has been done right that people should maybe study when they're going into this space? Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. I, I think about, obviously, I come across a lot of brands and, uh, uh, and you kind of actually, it's, it's funny actually when directors probably look at movies, they look at it through a different lens and that's the same thing with branders and marketers. When we look at an ad or we look in a campaign, we, we definitely uh, dissect it much more than the average person, uh, yes. which, uh, which I'm not sure it's a good idea or bad idea because you can't really enjoy a good campaign. But uh, one brand that really comes to my mind is uh, Patagonia, uh, and uh, Raj might be aware of them. Uh, mm-hmm. they, uh, they're a designer of outdoor clothing and gear for uh, silent sports climbing, surfing, skiing, snowboarding. Uh, fly fishing and of course none of the things that I'm interested in but uh, hopefully someday I can venture out there but I'm really impressed with the brand and it, again it just the tale begins with the founder Iwan Chinord uh, who is a uh, Quebecois and um, the whole company Patagonia they wear their admiration for their founder uh, Chinord on their sleeve and they feature their uh, his origin story promptly on their website uh, under the inside Patagonia section. Uh, and that's, that's the mark of, that's where the branding starts from. Like I said, the origin, the, the purpose, the, the, the values that are instilled. Um, but I just want to highlight some key moments with this company. Mm. Uh, I, I, I believe this was in the late 60s. And uh, Yvonne himself was in love with rock climbing uh, at a very young age. And he taught himself to blacksmith uh, so that he can manufacture his own uh, iron pitons. Um, those are the uh, the the, 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 the devices that are that you need to uh, climb rocks. And okay. it wasn't long before that uh, his friends started clamoring for these pitons, and so he started selling them for um, roughly a buck fifty, a dollar fifty. And over the next few years, he fortune sold uh, pitons out of the back of his truck. Uh, and, uh, and all, all these climbers from all over North America know of the fact that this, uh, Chouinard was actually selling these pitons. Uh, and by 1970, uh, Chouinard equipment became the largest supplier of climbing hardware in the U.S. Uh, but they also realized they became an environmental villain because their pitons, uh, which had to be hammered into place were actually damaging the rock. Mm-hmm. So after seeing the damage firsthand on these rocks, uh, they decided to completely phase out of the piton business. Uh, so I want to pause here and for a second and reiterate two things. First, mm-hmm. this is in 1972 that Yvonne decided to completely stop manufacturing the pitons as it was an environmental hazard. Uh, even though at this point in time, it was a bulk of their business. Mm-hmm. So you can see how remarkable that was. And secondly, no one was talking about environment. Exactly, exactly. No one was talking. Even now, they want to uh, push it underneath the, the rug here. Like mm-hmm. uh, they think that's just a waste. Uh, so this was in 1970. 
And then they decided to release an eco-friendly alternative. And they did it through a catalog with an essay. So this is content marketing when I'm sure no one had actually heard of the term content marketing. Mm -hmm. So you can see how long, uh, where this brand has come from. Uh, Today, obviously, there are close to a thousand employees, uh, 30, 35 stores, uh, revenues uh, close to a billion dollars. So a couple of things, again, I want to reiterate here. Branding is certainly not relegated to the big brands. Here, Patagonia was born out of a $1.50 product. Mm-hmm. And, and, and since then, it was retired because it was an environmental hazard. And secondly, all big brands were brandless at the onset. Uh, and their branding strictly has been based on their values, of their ethos, and certainly knowing what their customers aspired them to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what people, that's what e-com entrepreneurs, that's what uh, business owners, uh, SMBs need to think about when they're starting a business or when they're uh, starting a service business for that matter, uh, that uh, it does need to uh, go down to your core. Uh, And um, branding is important regardless of what stage of your business you are in. Uh, The easier is when you actually get the onset because uh, you can line everything up as we said. Um, But And it's not restricted to the Nikes, the Apples, and the Starbucks of the world. Um, every, Every service, every product out there and can build a brand and you should build a brand because that's the differentiator that you can have. Mm-hmm. And this is what successful branding is all about, Neil, right? right. Like right. I want right. to, I want to now flip the coin and I want to ask you this. What would you say are the top three reasons e-commerce stores fail? Right, right. Uh, I think I alluded to it, and I see that in e-commerce right now a lot, mm-hmm. uh, especially the fact that uh, it's maturing right now, and it's it's, it's not having a differentiated product. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that are thinking of jumping into uh, e-commerce, uh, and there's not a product category that isn't a, uh, approaching saturation. Saturation. Um, last year alone, for example, Amazon added uh, close to a million new sellers. And for wow. that, you truly need to understand how you plan to differentiate. And it does not need to be a totally innovative solution. Um, there are certain tangibles that you can build into your product. Uh, you can focus on authenticity, transparency, convenience, simplicity, uh, but there has to be something unique about it. Uh, the second component is, again, I've talked about before as well, is not having an organic strategy. Uh, Facebook ads were cheap a long time ago. Uh, Google ads were cheap a long, long time ago. Uh, so that over-reliance on paid efforts uh, definitely made brands uh, work. But we're way past that stage right now, especially in the last week or so. Uh, it's going to get even more expensive than it was before. Uh, and lastly, and is this the whole Apple thing? Is this because that's the whole Apple yeah. thing? The new yeah. update that Apple introduced, so that uh, and that allows uh, or Apple is asking, uh, I guess, users if they want to be tracked online or not. And mm-hmm. I believe that ninety six percent of users have said that they do want, do not want to be tracked. Uh, so that 96%, and that is a big hit to Facebook, yeah. and obviously they uh, had press releases uh, which condoned what Apple was doing, but it didn't go too far. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I wanted to make uh, privacy an important topic, and rightly so. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that has come to the uh, forefront. Right. right. So, and lastly, it's the wrong audience, yeah. I would say. It's just uh, 
it's too much. If you're focusing on a broad audience, it's just not going to go anywhere. And that's mm-hmm. where the customer and the component piece of the seven C's is so important. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It comes right back to that. For anyone yeah. that's just joining us, um, can you just let them know how they can um, tap into your program? Where do they want need to be able to go to be able to, you know, find out more? Sure. Um, more they can visit ebrandcall.com um, and if they really want to check out the material uh, uh, before they want to talk to us and they want to read up more about uh, the seven C's, I do have a book check out and they can definitely grab a copy of that and get familiar with the material or if they're ready to jump in, uh, book a call with the team, ebrandcall.com and uh, they can uh, certainly talk to one of us and we can share more insights into our program and if it's a fit for them. Uh, if it's something that they're looking for or not, and uh, we can go over the details with them. Absolutely. And that's seven weeks, guys. Seven C's, one a week. Exactly. Anyone can do it. So if this exactly. is something that you want to tap into, you want to reimagine your current existing brand, you want to pivot from, you know, brick and mortar to online, um, or you just want to, you know, kind of do a health check to see, you know, how you're placed in, you know, the strength of, you know, utilizing the power of branding for your overall, um, you know, business health. You know, all of these are great reasons. Let me ask you this, Sam, before we move on, Neil. Um, you mentioned your book, Checkout, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about that. Um, can you tell people what the book's about and um, if it's available everywhere? Yeah, so it's available on uh, ebrandbook.com and it's certainly available on Amazon as well. And again, uh, this uh, this was uh, the the way the book came about was after those two failed experiments that I had with my businesses uh, when I went back to uh, the drawing board, uh, so to speak, and and I set on a mission to figure out what I was doing wrong. And that's when, uh, as we talked about, uh, I went and analyzed the top 200 uh, direct-to-consumer brands uh, as, like, I, I knew I had the academic experience, the professional experience in branding, uh, but there was something that was missing there, uh, which was e-comp specific and obviously um, branding has changed all, over the years, uh, especially e-commerce space that I wanted to delve into. Uh, mm-hmm. So checkout is a germination of that. My business was a germination of that. Uh, and uh, check out a social germination of that. And we go through the each uh, one of the C's in the book as well, um, except for in the right. coaching program. Uh, we go into much de- much greater detail. Uh, you have a coaching aspect of it as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's an analysis of the top 200 brands uh, that is presented uh, through the seven C's that we discussed. Brilliant. So you heard it right here, folks. You can go, you know, the book um, route and, and understand about the seven C's of branding, or you can um, actually just, you know, go all the way, deep dive, um, you know, work with coaches and really, you know, understand what these seven C's are and how to kind of build them out um, to kind of ensure that you get success with your brand strategy, because that's kind of the point at the end of the day. And I, I wanted to ask you this, Neil, is there a different approach um, for creating brand strategy for e-commerce businesses. I kind of feel like you answered this, but I just kind of want to ask you um, very succinctly. Um, is there, you know, a different approach creating brand strategy for e-commerce businesses over brick and mortar businesses? Because not all businesses, you know, need to be online because they have a specific, you know, service type of or product type of, you know, um, 
geography that they that they service. It, it may be very local, maybe a lot smaller. There could be other variables associated with that. So let me just ask you that question um, first. That's yeah. the first part of the question. And the second part is if somebody wants to pivot online right. from brick and mortar because really it's almost like you can't not do that today. Right. So, right. so it's kind of a two-part question. Right. I, yeah, I'll start with the latter part first. Okay. Uh, and there's never been a better time to either pivot or to actually have that omni-channel presence. And obviously, when I say omni-channel, it's uh, brick and mortar diving into uh, online. So you actually have both an online and an offline presence. Um, right. And obviously, in the last two years, uh, I would say post-pandemic, uh, almost a year and a bit now, uh, the segment of customers that were on the sidelines of e-commerce, uh, they've all jumped in. Uh, and it's quite interesting that product categories that were not the typical e-com products, uh, they've seen a massive conversion spike. And, and obviously, we've seen medical products, cleaning products, grocery products, and companies that were um, that had a smaller percentage of D2C sales, direct-to-consumer sales. In some cases, they've reached the projections uh, three years earlier. Uh, wow. So again, if if they are on the sidelines, brick and mortar, uh, there there's never been a better time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for from my approach, uh, here are my recommendations. If you are thinking about jumping in, uh, firstly, not to consider it as a separate channel. Um, and this uh, this is going back to Raj when we talked about uh, that uh, customer is a channel. Uh, so you're not creating a separate channel here. Don't view it as a separate channel because when you start doing that. Uh, you have, uh, you departmentalized, you, you put those up there. It's just held in isolation. You need to create it as part of the customer journey as this is a holistic effort mm-hmm. or otherwise the entire customer experience will be lost. And you see that when you're shopping online, we, uh, let's say you go to a Nordstrom and they say that, uh, oh, uh, it's only at the, at the store level or it's not at the website level. And you kind of wonder actually, isn't it the same company? So that's what we're alluding to. You need to concentrate on the customer. And once you concentrate on the customer, the offline and offline become a hybrid approach to that. Mm-hmm. And if one, one of the other caveats here is that for uh, offline companies, brick and mortar, um, they probably have some kind of uh, hesitation that they do not know the customer. Um, but you can still con- conduct a deep analysis of your customer base through different data points, surveys, calling your customer, uh, so you need to be aware of that as well. So, mm-hmm. um, again, never been a better time. Um, but when you do approach it, approach it in the sense that it's just another aspect of the customer journey uh, and that you can still leverage. Uh, at the end of the day, you're still selling to human beings. You're still selling to people. They're buying up people. So nothing really changes. Uh, it's just the medium that changes. And that could be easily, um, I guess, um, morphed into uh, what your strengths are. So you can rely on those versus thinking, uh, oh, uh, we don't have a website or too, uh, too much of a hassle or it's, it's, a, it's a big, a big stumbling block for us. And that should never be the case. Mm-hmm. So much to think about. And it kind of, you know, it warrants a larger discussion. I know that I got to bring you back on, Neil. Um, you have come to the end of our, um, you know, discussion and it feels like the time just whizzed by because I feel like Certainly. there's so much more that we can talk about. But to encapsulate our entire discussion and to just kind of bring it full circle, um, what do you feel people need to know about incorporating effective brand strategy in building a successful e-commerce business? Like what do they need 
to know. Right. And I think it's just, uh, like I said before, um, the, the product categories are are saturated, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. Uh, they do need to understand that uh, that there is an emotional component of why people buy from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they, you might think that this is a logical call. This might be a logical decision on their part, uh, that it's about features and benefits. Uh, it's not about that. It's actually about uh, who you want your customers to be. Uh, and it's that aspirational level, it's that elevated level um, that you need to understand the cu- customers by. Once you do that, uh, you truly can resonate with customers. You truly can understand where they're coming from. And it's that elevated state and that customers achieve uh, that makes it really easy uh, for consumers to understand brands and for brands to understand c- customers. So nice. we've talked about, uh, you look at a Nike, you look at, you look at an, uh, an Apple iPhone, you look at a Starbucks. Why do we spend $1,500 every two, three years on an iPhone? Or why do we lace up in $200 Nikes? Or why do we buy a $5 uh, latte every day uh, when we were going to work? Uh, it's, it's beyond that, right? You're not buying the product. You're buying the elevated status there. And, mm-hmm. and again, as I said before, um, in the Patagonia example, uh, you, it's not, it's, you're not buying the product. Uh, you're buying more of that from uh, that brand. And once you get that, once you get that aspirational aspect of your product, um, that's when, that's when things become easier, um, both in e-com branding for sure, um, but more so in any product service business out there. Absolutely, Neil. I mean, it all comes back to, you know, creating that connection and cultivating that connection and elevating that, you know, relationship and, doing it long term, the consistency factor. I I don't really know how people do it without having a brand strategy, to be very honest. I I don't even feel that it's possible without having that brand strategy because, you know, you and your internal ecosystem, the people that, you know, work the machine, Mm-hmm. Need, need to understand what you're working in. You know, what is right. that brand that you're working in? Um, right. in order to be able to service that messaging and create that connection with, you know, the customer pool out there. And it needs to be very clear to the customer pool, you know, right. who are you? What exactly. is the value proposition? And, you know, what, what am I getting, you mm-hmm. know, that I don't already have? And why is it? that I, I am getting it from you versus someone else that has a similar product all comes down to really dialing in that brand strategy. Right. So for any final words that you have, Neil, um, maybe perhaps anything that you feel that I haven't touched upon that you'd like people to know or any kind of f- final words of, you know, wisdom or inspiration that you have from your side that you want to leave everyone with. Yeah, I think we've, we've talked a, a fair bit on the branding component of e-com. Uh, and all I want to say is those, uh, for those budding entrepreneurs out there, um, and this is either online or offline product or service, uh, you need to understand, obviously, start from the core of why you're starting your own business. Uh, it makes the job much more easier. Um, and the second piece that I want to talk about is uh, the niche component of it. We think that going after a smaller niche, uh, going after a, a segmented um, group of customers is actually detrimental to our um, scaling of the product or scaling of the business. It's actually not. 
you do yourself a big, a big service by making sure that you're speaking to an audience that resonates with your product. Uh, mm-hmm. So think about it from that perspective that uh, uh, you need to uh, target a core group of customers that are going to resonate with you, with your messaging, with your, with your product differentiation. And once you're there, uh, there are 6 billion, 7 billion people out there. It's easier to scale uh, once you have defined that core offering that a customer base can relate to. Uh, and there's, there's a big essay out there called 1000 True Fans that no one's ever read it. Um, I think it's by Kelly. Uh, the, the first name escapes, escapes me, but it's, it's a, it's a great read on how you need to focus on initial, uh, thought process of how to build a business. Uh, it doesn't take long. Focus on a niche and, um, it, it starts right with you and then your first 1000 customers. And once you bank on that, it's very easy to get the scale and the transition that you need, uh, to make a big brand. That's a perfect ending to, um, such an, uh, powerful and important and, um, you know, in, you know, and relevant, um, mm-hmm. you know, show that we've done today. Neil, I want to thank you for, you know, joining me today and giving, um, all of our audience, um, just, you know, nuggets of experiential experience. Um, I also want to give people the opportunity to connect with you. You know, what socials are you on? Again, give us your website. Uh, let's let people know how they can, you know, tap into your ecosystem. Sure. Uh, best way to get a hold of me is I am on the socials. Uh, I, the letter I, Neil Verma on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, if you're looking to build a call, if you're looking to build a business, uh, looking to build an e-com brand, uh, you can set up a call with my team at uh, ebrandcall.com. And I uh, wanted to thank you, Raj, for having me. It's been an absolute honor and uh, certainly a pleasure to reconnect after so many years. Absolutely. Great. My gosh, I'm just so happy that, you know, I was able to get a moment of your time because I know how busy you are. And, you know, I, I, I love hearing about your parallel journey and just giving mm-hmm. these tips of, um, you know, insightful, insp- you know, inspirational, motivational, um, you know, information to everyone out there. I really hope that everybody, you know, listens back to this. Um, and, you know, sits with a lot of the information here because if you are able to kind of really hone in and dial in on all of these things that we've spoken to today, what Neil has really shared today, I really do believe that you will be on the fast track to success. So really do do that, folks. And I look forward to seeing everyone next time. Neil, it was an absolute pleasure. I am so going to bug you again because we are going <laughs> to talk about this deeper sure. and just really kind of silo in on some of this. Thank sure. you so much absolute for joining honor me. Here, Raj. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye yeah. now. Bye. Thank you so much for staying till the end. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Before you leave, I would love for your support by subscribing to my show and letting everyone you know know about it and have them come take a listen. I would sincerely appreciate you joining me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Search Raj Gurn and the Open Chess Confidence Academy. Until next week, I hope you continue to cultivate your own ecosystem so that everyone in and around it is empowered by your mission to elevate them all. See you next week.